Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley, joined by Dewey Burke. Dewey, it's been a few days since we talked. You were on the road during the ACC tournament and doing some actual work while we were watching games, so i give you a pass on that, but it's good to have you tonight. Uh, let's just get right into it. Your thoughts on how the Heels looked in the ACC tournament getting to this week in preparation for the NCAA tournament? Overall, I was really proud of our guys. I mean, I thought we battled through a lot of different situations to get to that championship game. Obviously, we would have loved to have finished the Duke game a little bit better than we did, but we played great that night. I was so proud of the way we fought. We were aggressive defensively, took the fight to them, as we like to say, shot the ball well. And I was just proud of the way we battled, especially against Bagley. You know, lottery pick talent can be so difficult to play against. And I remember texting my friends and family at halftime saying, we're about to get a huge dose of Bagley in the second half. And for the most part, we kept him more or less marginalized. So it was a credit to our guys, the way we played in that game. But I think the way we had to fight to finish that one and and get the win ultimately got to our legs in the second half of the Virginia game. Those last eight, ten minutes, I just thought we were out of gas. You could see it on some of the way the shots that we missed defensively not getting those loose balls being a step slow on rotations allowing guys to get open shots you really saw the effect of earning a higher seed and getting the double by and Virginia was only playing three out of three and and we were playing four out of a four so that was tough for us I think we were good enough to beat them if we had had a little more legs I agree 100% there they just ran out of gas and that seemed like everybody was getting hurt or banged up, and that's what happens when you get a little tired and then Cam Johnson got, gets hammered early in the tournament, and that's not going to get better until you have some time off. So one thing I think they accomplished in that tournament by beating Duke, and of course that made it two uh, to one over Duke in the for the year, which is an accomplishment given how much that Duke team was hyped and how much the Carolina team was underhyped. But I think it gave Carolina the Charlotte pod. And we've talked a lot about the importance of playing at home or close to it in the NCAA tournament, at least early. Your thoughts on the importance of that um, for Carolina, even if even by losing to Virginia, they still got to Charlotte, and that was a definite win on the weekend. I think you're exactly right. I don't think there's any question that that game on Friday against Duke was to earn, at worst, the two-seed and play in Charlotte. If we beat Virginia, perhaps we steal the one seed from Xavier and we swap seeds with them in our bracket. But it was a monumental win for us just for the simple reason that our guys don't have to get on a plane until they're hopefully going to L.A., which is a big deal, just that we can hop on the bus for two hours, not have to go up in the air, get dehydrated, you know, things can swell up when you're in the air, all those little things you think about when it gets to this time of the year to not have to get on a plane is absolutely huge for us. Not to mention we're going to have two home games, assuming we play well. So I I was very exciting because I felt like we earned that. It would have shocked me had we got a one seed, maybe even if we had beat Virginia, just, I just, who remembers a nine loss team ever getting a one seed. But anyway, the important thing is we got the games in Charlotte. We earned that. And I really love our draw. You know, I hate saying that. I remember saying it last year. 
But I really do. I mean, there's just there isn't a ton of teams with this substantial pedigree standing in your way that really cause you to lose sleep. I mean, you can talk yourself into it, and A&M has a couple NBA-level guys on their team played in a relatively difficult conference all year. But still, if at the beginning of the year, Tommy, we said you got to beat a mid-level team in A&M, you got to meet a, a a decent Big East team maybe in Providence, and then probably beat Michigan, who you've already beat, and then Gonzaga, Ohio State, or Xavier to get to the Final Four again. I mean, how happy would we be that I wasn't saying Duke, Michigan State, Arizona, even at the beginning of the year, Florida, Kansas, Villanova. I mean, we don't have to play any of those guys. So for me, I'm thrilled with our bracket. I think we've got a great path if we go play. And uh, look, we got to guard and we got to make shots from the outside because that's who we are this year. But love our path. Yeah, I think it's the first time in a long time that I can remember not thinking Carolina got screwed in some form or got set up to play some uh, made-for-TV game, whether it's Kentucky or Kansas or some stuff like that. So I definitely feel you there on the on the bracket. That being said, uh, we talked about you know, how they have to guard and make shots. Do the players, when they watch these brackets come out from your experience, and I know that you have to just play who's in front of you, but do the players notice when they see a bracket that they think's winnable? Obviously, as a player, you, you, you want to think that everybody thinks you can win them all the time and you're going to win. But do the players look at look at the bracket and think, whoa, that looks nice, or do they just go out and play? You know, it's a funny question. I remember my in Carolina, which was 0506, the year after we won. And we ended up getting a three seed. Uh, it was obviously after we beat Duke at home, JJ's in Sheldon senior night, and then we lost in the ACC tournament. We ended up getting a three seed, and everybody on our team was so young that we were at Coach Williams' house, and the, the brackets came out, and we – like, we didn't know how to react. We didn't even hardly jump up and celebrate just because all of us hadn't been there yet, except for, you know, Dave Noel and Byron. So I remember thinking that and then seeing that our potential sixth seed, if I have it right, was Michigan State, who ended up losing to George Mason before we did. And I remember kind of thinking, oh, man, Michigan State, they're pretty good. And that was all we said. And, and we almost didn't even know how to react that year. Now, fast forward the second year, that I played when we had won the ACC regular season, we had won the tournament guys were a little bit more experienced and we knew we were going to be a one seed. I remember sitting, we were down in Tampa after having won the ACC championship. I remember sitting around wondering if we were going to get the number one overall seed. It wasn't a question of whether or not we were a one seed. It was just which one would we get? And, uh, and then when that came out, I remember looking at our bracket and, it's funny. It's almost like we fast-forwarded all the way and thought, wow, if we play well, we're going to play Ohio State in the Final Four. So I think part of it is how good you've been all along and, and how good you really realistically think you are. And I just remember in 07, we all were talking about the Final Four and who we were going to play. Uh, versus in 06, we didn't even know how to react because we were all so young. Depends on the team. And I'm sure they've looked at clips by now on Lipscomb and that's where they're focused. But the other thing that I would say as I answer this question is these guys have played against so many people across the country because of AAU. So somebody on our team knows somebody or played against or played with somebody that plays at Providence, played with or against guys from A&M. 
played with or against guys from Michigan. Obviously, we played them earlier this year. You know, and, and then obviously, if you look all the way forward, if we ever were, had a chance to see Gonzaga again, we played against them last year for the national championship. So, because of AAU and how much the elite players travel in the summer, everybody's going to know somebody on these teams that we play, and so you, you get some familiarity that way. Um, but I would say coach is really good about focusing you in on this game just because of the finality of all, you know, and obviously we learned that the hard way in 06 with Mason. So it really has to be one game at a time, and you kind of feel like you just work in your pod. you got to get through this weekend with Lipscomb, A&M, and, and Providence, and then you take a breath and, okay, who's now in our pod for the next section? And it works three weekends like that, and it, it kind of works that way as a team and, and for players too. You mentioned the finality of it all, and for guys like Barry and Pinson who've been there forever, I know it's flown by for them looking back, but it seems like they've been there for quite a long time. Four years is a long time definitely in college these days, but how much pressure is on guys like that that have been there, uh, and now this is it. Uh, Win or lose, this is it. But lose, and it could be over – Friday afternoon. I mean, is there is there extra pressure there on seniors? Do they even think about that? I think it's such an interesting question related specifically to this class. And here's why I say that. You know, when we won it in 05, everybody left for the most part. When we won it in 09, everybody left and or graduated, right? So this is really the first time, I guess, other than David Noel, and I guess Dion in, in 2010. But really, this is the first time that the best players from the team that won it are back, you know, or at least one of the best players, Joel Berry from last year. Justin was our best player. Our bigs were great. You know, but two starters are back. And so I honestly don't know how to answer that question for them because on the one hand, why would they feel pressure? Their legacy is cemented at this point. All they're doing is adding to it two Final Fours, several ACC championships, and a national championship. So whatever they can build on from that standpoint is really just icing on the cake for them. So maybe that's their mentality to say, our legacy is cemented. We don't feel any pressure. Everything from here just puts us deeper into the record books. And maybe we can be the first guys to ever win two. And that's what they are working towards. Or do they, like most, feel that, a little bit of tightness and say, wow, this could be it. You know, I could be running out of the locker room for the last time. I could be listening to the coach make a speech for the last time. Are they thinking about that or can they play free? My sense with Theo and Joel, the way they've been, is they're going to play free. I mean, they've done what they've done because they've been in the moment. Their toughness has been in the moment. So I think for them it's just how great of a legacy can we build on top of what we already have. Good stuff there. I'm going to take a quick break. Let's come back and let's talk about the games themselves and then kind of look across the brackets. Uh, Virginia, of course, got some bad news earlier today. We're recording this on uh, Tuesday evening. Virginia got some bad news, but we'll look at it when we come back from this break. Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. 
Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See reno.ie. And we're back. And Dewey, you mentioned earlier about Carolina playing in Charlotte. They're able to ride a bus there. And it's an easy trip, virtually a home game. So what have the Heels done in preparation for this ball game on Friday afternoon since uh, that late night, the fourth straight late night in Brooklyn on Saturday? One thing I thought of when I was preparing for this podcast and thinking about what's been going on as we get ready for the game, thrilled that we play Friday and not Thursday. That entire extra day of rest was so critical for a team that by the end of the game on Saturday after four and four was a little banged up. You know, Joel twisted his ankle. Luke was a little banged up. Obviously Cam was probably the most banged up and everybody's just tired. So that extra day I found to be very critical my best guess would be, obviously, they traveled back. I don't know if they did it Saturday night or stayed in New York and then traveled Sunday morning, but probably off Sunday and Monday would be my best guess. A lot of treatment, a lot of time in the cold tub, getting stretched, maybe get some shots up on Monday. And they probably didn't even practice again until Tuesday, and I bet that one was pretty short. And then, or till today, I should say. And then I would expect that, Tomorrow's practice would be more quote-unquote normal, even though normal at this time of the year is pretty darn short, less than an hour and a half. And then Thursday, probably even shorter than that, we'll have the open practice, which is a glorified shoot and stretch, and then uh, be ready to go. So again, I just can't emphasize enough two things. One, that we don't have to get on a plane, even if it was to fly to Pittsburgh, which is probably where we would be going if we lost to Duke on Friday. You know, hour and a half flight, you still, you get dehydrated, you swell, the big deal and two the fact that we play friday sunday this first weekend not thursday saturday i think is critical for a team that is not as deep as we've been in years past and was certainly banged up so we needed that time let me ask you this just in prep in preparing for teams how much practice time is spent preparing for what another team does versus um, or is all that preparation done in the film room and watching film and on a scouting report. I mean, how much, and this is just uh, basically an in general question, but how much on the floor preparation does Carolina do for an opponent? Yeah, it's a great question. So a couple answers. One, we do some film work. They'll usually put together clips, maybe 10 minutes or less of the other team's best players, best plays, tendencies, just to get a feel for, the general style that they like to play on both ends of the ball. And then if they happen to have one dynamic scorer who you know is averaging 25, that kind of thing, you're going to see some clips of him, the way he likes to score. Uh, if they have a big guy, he does a certain thing. Like he likes to shoot a jump hook over his left shoulder. We'll show a couple clips of that. Just tendencies and just general way of playing is what those clips will be. And they'll end up seeing that a lot. They'll probably watch that for the first time today. They'll see it again Wednesday. They'll see it Thursday, probably twice, and then they'll see it uh, Friday before we play. They'll watch, probably watch it before breakfast and then one more time before the game. So they'll end up seeing those clips five times. Uh, so that's off the court, uh, as well as our scouting reports, always one page. Coach Williams doesn't believe in overemphasizing what the other teams does or giving, giving the guys too much to remember. Just one page. Uh, and then your your question about on the court, what we typically do or what we did when I played is the beginning of practice would be the blue team walking through some of the other team's favorite sets on offense, stuff that they run. Maybe it's under out of bounds. Maybe it's late shot clock, whatever the case. 
stuff that they run consistently and that whoever did the scout, whichever coach, saw a lot over the four, five, six games that he watched. So we'll run those plays just five on O, so the starters and the guys that play minutes can see it uh, without a defense. Then as we go through practice and we get into different parts of practice, when we're doing defensive stations, let's say, if we're doing shell drill, we'll do shell drill normally for a couple reps, and then they'll have the blue team run some of those plays against the live defense to give the guys a sense for where the screens are coming from, when they need to talk, those kinds of things, hedging, where the rotations will take place if we're doubling on a big, if it's a perimeter player that's coming off of down screens or baseline screens, how we're helping off the ball, all those little details, we will implement them in live situations. Uh, And then finally, in the scrimmaging part of practice, usually, at least when I played, it was split into two parts. One would be dividing the team evenly, so it would be competitive, and you could get some up and down and get some run. And then also putting that blue team back out there again in a live up and down scrimmage situation to try to run some of those sets against our live defense so they can get used to doing it in a full court setting. Uh, So a long answer to your question about preparation, but that's what we would do both off the court and on. Yeah, I think it's probably the first time I've asked you that question in however long we've been doing these because I've always wondered because you always hear, you know, whether it's Carolina or other teams, uh, we're going to do what we do. We're not going to worry about what the other team does. But, I mean, to a, to a certain extent, and especially how you just explained it, every team goes over what uh, the opponent does. And so it was, it was great to hear you explain it. I know our listeners will certainly like it as well. Yeah, yeah. And I got one thing to add, which I, I've always found interesting. I'll never forget, I think it was my junior year at the ACC tournament, we shared locker rooms with some other teams because they didn't have enough. They didn't have you know, what would be 18 locker rooms now. So we were coming into the locker room and someone had left a scouting report. I don't remember which team it was, but someone had left a scouting report and it was like 25 pages. I mean, it had every play diagram, it had a full page workup on every player, all these tendencies. It was like a, a book. And I remember we handed it to Coach Williams, and he just commented, you know, just a difference in philosophy. I don't believe in this, guys. I believe in giving you one page, a couple things to think about for their best players, and then we go play, and we do what we do. Here comes Carolina and try and stop us. And uh, so there are other philosophies out there. There's no question. I think everybody does a certain amount of preparation and a certain amount of film work. But by and large, Coach does – ascribe to the fact that you know we're Carolina this is how we play try and stop us try and beat us and I think that's proven at least in this one example the representative scouting report from another team like I said was I mean it hardly could fit a staple and ours is always 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 one page front and back that's it good stuff there I think in the basketball museum there's a couple of those that they've got on exhibit for some of the championship games so it's pretty fascinating to look at and you see what's important with the other teams. Let's look at this West bracket. Now, we've talked earlier about how Carolina has got to feel good about the draw. I'm not sold on Xavier. Um, or Xavier, I, you know, it, that being said, they'll probably get to the regional final. But your take on um, if you can't pick Carolina throughout it, who do you have advancing at least getting to the Sweet 16 out in L.A.? UNC Greensboro. <laughs> it would be, would, be not, wouldn't that be great for Wes? Wouldn't that be exciting? Yeah, and I'm not if it wasn't Gonzaga, which I think Gonzaga's really good, but I'm 
I would not be surprised if that wasn't a very good ball game, even with Gonzaga. I think it will be. I thought, you know, to be honest, my reaction when I saw that, just because we know Gonzaga so well, was, ah, that's too bad that that's who West got, just because West doesn't have a lot of size and Gonzaga does, and they've got they've got size and championship experience. I mean, I literally would have taken almost any of the other fours, maybe not Arizona, but if they got like the Auburn game. I would have loved that matchup for West, but anyway, they're still going to give it a run, and that'll be real exciting to watch West coach in the tournament. Uh, as proud of him as I could be, uh, super exciting. But anyway, no one scares me in this bracket. I mean, I look. I, maybe it's because I haven't seen him enough, but we know Gonzaga pretty well. They're not as good as they were last year. Xavier doesn't scare me. I, I'm not sold on the Big East. I think Villanova's really good, but outside of that, who have they who have they really beaten? Maybe it's just because I don't know. But I, they don't they don't worry me. I'm not worried about our 7-10. We've already beat Michigan. I know they're playing great, but I think we match up really well with them. I know nothing about Houston. We talked about Gonzaga, Ohio State. Again, beat them. Doesn't scare me. I mean, I think the most talented team outside of us is probably Florida State on this list, or maybe Missouri with the Porter kid. And one of them is going to be knocked out, so it's not going to matter. Uh, I just, I said at the beginning, as far as, name brand schools or coaches there just there really isn't anybody else in this bracket that that brings that level and maybe that's me just not knowing enough or being overconfident but I just love our draw I mean I look at Kansas's bracket you know they got Duke in there they got Oklahoma Trey Young who's a household name even Clemson I think is better than a lot of the teams in our bracket I just I don't know I like our, I really like our draw and uh, I'm going to be in LA for work anyway. So I get to go to the game. So I'm super excited about that. If we get there. Uh, it always works out. Yeah. I think, uh, I think Carolina's got a nice one. They got to, they got to play. And, uh, and if they do, they should be fine out West. Let's look. We talked about Virginia before the break. Uh, they lose their six man. And I tweeted something to the effect of not going to get much sympathy from this side of the fence on injuries in tournament time. Uh, but for Virginia to lose Hunter right here before the tournament to a broken wrist, it just sounds so familiar, especially for Carolina fans. But I wasn't sold on them. I, I, I picked Tennessee, I think, on this podcast earlier in the week out of that region. But your thoughts on the South? Uh, yeah, I think UVA is in trouble. I thought that anyway. I didn't see them getting past Arizona. I don't think they have any answer for the talent and the size that Arizona brings. And just like people I've talked about for years, I know UVA is really tough to play when they know your personnel, they know how you play, and you, you go against them two, three times a year. But in the tournament, almost everybody is playing their best. And so what happens to UVA when they come up against a team that gets them down 10 or 12. They can't score enough points to catch up or somebody makes 15 threes against them. They're going to lose. I mean, I just, I just think that style lends itself to getting upset by a hot shooting team that has nothing to lose, no conscience and comes in there and just rains threes on you. And that happens in the tournament. It happens every year. So does that mean it, it's Creighton or, or Kansas state? Maybe. I mean, the, the level of talent that Kentucky has, if they have to, play against them if Kentucky were to beat Arizona I mean what if Davidson somehow got there they could make 15 threes against UVA I just I think they got a really tough road we know Miami's good that's on the other side of their bracket we played Tennessee that turned out being one of the best wins we had all year winning on the road at their place Cincinnati 
They've got size. They guard the hell out of you. I mean, I just even even Texas. Not that they could probably get there, but they got a seven footer that UVA is not ready to deal with. I just I thought they got a brutal draw for the overall number one, and uh, they don't have to travel far. Obviously, Charlotte and Atlanta, but man, if they make it to the Final Four, they will have absolutely earned it. I I don't see it happening. Yeah, that's the thing about the draw is Virginia's is brutal, but it's also loaded with teams that play similar style that they do, and that's always the thing you see. It's like Georgia Tech football. Uh, Virginia basketball plays that slow down game, but Cincinnati does the same thing. I mean, and all these other grinded out teams in that bracket. I'm with you. I don't see Virginia getting there, but we shall find out. And like I mentioned off the air, and I always have to say it, I got to secretly root for Cincinnati because they've got a Clayton kid, Gary Clark, that is the star of their team. So I picked Tennessee, but it wouldn't hurt my feelings if Cincinnati got there too. San Antonio. Let's flip to the East with Villanova. I mean, I said this on the podcast earlier in the week. I don't see anybody scaring Villanova until the Final Four. I agree. Yeah, I think they're really good, and they've got great guard play, which is what you need in the tournament. I don't see anybody there. Maybe Wichita State can give them a game. I haven't seen them enough. They're really well coached, obviously, and and I wouldn't be surprised if that was a good game. But to me. I saw Villanova lose to Butler this year, and Butler just had a crazy great game at home to beat them. I I haven't seen Purdue. I know they have a lot of size, which Villanova doesn't have as much of, so maybe that creates a challenge, but those kids play hard. They shoot it. They guard you. I'm with you. I think Nova, not walks, but I think Nova's got a nice path to the Final Four, and uh, to me that's maybe the only pass that I think is easier than ours for any one or two seed would be Villanova's. Looking at Kansas's bracket and everybody, you know, I'm not sold on Duke at all. I think Duke will go out, but Michigan state, everybody talks about Michigan state, this Michigan state, that. And I think a lot of these analysts have picked them and I had to point out on Twitter props to Greg Barnes um, for the stat, but Michigan state's beat exactly two NCAA tournament teams this year. Carolina and Purdue, and yet everybody's picking Michigan State to get to the Final Four. Your thoughts on the Midwest? That's a, it's a pedigree pick, right? That's what we're talking about that we don't have in our in the West that you have in the Midwest. It just sounds like something you should do, which is pick Michigan State, right? They've got a lottery pick on their team. They've got some size. They've got a great coach who's been to several Final Fours. So it just sounds like it makes sense to pick Michigan State at this time of year. You know, I'd love to have played them the way we were playing in February versus how we played way back whenever that was in December or something. Cause that was a, probably the worst we played all year with the exception of maybe at Virginia. Uh, so for us to be one of their quality wins and the only other one to be Purdue, interesting to hear. I know they're the, they're the trendy pick. I'd love for them to beat Duke. I don't think they will. I think Duke is going to get to the elite eight relatively easily I'd love for them to flame out, but I think you're going to see Kansas and Duke, and I don't know that I'm sold on Kansas either. So short of short of an upset, I guess I disagree with you, Tommy. I think Duke's going to the Final Four. I think they got too much talent, and unless they just have a terrible game where they're not making shots and they're dumb and don't give the ball to Bagley, to me they're clearly the best team in that in that bracket. Hopefully somebody can beat them. It's, you know, you get Kansas and Duke, it's, you wonder if they can both lose. But uh, – I think uh, I think I'd still rather Kansas win, and then if we had to play them in the national championship, so be it. That could be a great thing for Coach to finally get over the hump on. But 
Yeah, I just I think Duke is going to make it to the Final Four. That's just my sense with how they've been trending. And I know we got them on Friday, and that's a rivalry game. It's a little bit different. I think they're playing well. They're making shots. And if they can stay out of foul trouble and give the ball to Bagley, force feed it to him, I just, how do you stop that guy? You don't, which is what's ridiculous is Carolina beat him and Bagley had 13 shots. And that's what I think happens in the tournament. I mean, if Bagley and Carter got 15 to 20 shots apiece, I don't think Duke would even come close to losing unless they shot 20%. But they don't get those guys shots. I mean, they dominated the second half of the game at Cameron and just killed Carolina in the second half. And then in the ACC tournament in Brooklyn, they don't get on the ball. And that's just, it blows my mind. A, it blows my mind why big men uh, think they're going to get a million touches there. But B, how does that happen? And I think that's exactly what happens in the NCAA tournament. And I think they go out. I don't know. Maybe it's just wishful thinking. I hope you're right. All right. So you've got Duke in the Midwest. You're going to go with Carolina in the West? I got Duke, Carolina, Villanova, and I'm going to go with Arizona in the South. Interesting picks. Can't complain with any of them. I, uh, it's hard to believe that Arizona team's a four, as good as they can be, and especially now that they're loaded up and all eligible. But, yeah, I think it'll be chaos in the tournament. I think uh, I think we're going to see more upsets than we've seen. you got, you know, teams with a ton of losses that are pretty good. You know, you mentioned Carolina possible one seed had they beat Virginia. I think there's only been five number one seeds with seven losses, none with eight. But I do think Carolina would have been a one seed had they beaten Virginia. Because look, and this is another stat that's interesting. Carolina's one seed, Villanova beat them by a combined like 40 points on the season. So I think Carolina's got, if they're going to repeat, this is the year to do it. Yeah. Look, yeah, look, goes without saying that I'm happy with the path that we have. And uh, look, we got great perimeter play. We've got a guy and Joel Berry, who you can put the ball in his hands, and you feel good about the chance that he can carry you to victories in the tournament. And that's what you need. That's what we've had every year that we have won it, at least since I've been around. And even the teams that didn't win it but were close before they, you know, guys got hurt. When you have a Ray Felton, a Ty Lawson, a Kendall Marshall, a Marcus Page and Joel Berry, that kind of guy, when you have those players, you make deep tournament runs. And Coach has been – Nothing short of masterful at this time of year. So no reason to think that we can't make another run. The only thing that scares me is that we're so perimeter-oriented and we just don't score it easily around the rim. But if we make shots, Theo makes plays, and we guard the way we guarded for three and a half games in Brooklyn, we should be right there. I'm ready to watch. I'm excited. And I think we've got a great chance. Got to stay healthy, too. I mean, that's the other piece. That's, that is always tough. But we do those things. Uh, I feel good about our chances. I feel great about our coach, and it's going to be fun to watch. Good stuff, Dewey. Appreciate you joining me. I know we've had some technical issues, but uh, we'll get it all worked out. And uh, I know you said you're going to be in L.A. when the regional's there, so I hope you get to see your favorite team, and I hope you get a chance to talk to us again soon before the end of the season, my man. We will, no doubt. Thanks, Tommy. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com the independent voice of UNC sports, your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.